Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? Hello. I'm fabulous. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I've had a busy week. You might hear a bit of a hoarseness to my voice, and that's because I went to a wedding over the weekend and imbibed too many drinks. But such no. As... No. Really? <laughs> I don't do it often, so it was quite nice. But congratulations to the bride and groom, Liam and Roxana. It was a lovely wedding. I enjoyed everything. What have you been up to, Coops? You never told them where it was. I was, in, I was in Romania. Yeah, it was a yeah, Romanian wedding. So oh, yes. I've never never been there. Ne- never, uh, you know, had been to a Romanian wedding and it was very traditional. That's all I can say. Very traditional. There was, uh, you know, unique things that I've never experienced at a wedding. But it was nice. It was <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So what have you been up to, Coops? Nothing. Work. And then <laughs> You've got more... a new mohawk. You've got a full kind of I mohawk. Went full, this I went full mohawk slash... Viking sort of look. I thought, oh, do you know what? It's it's get it's getting the Nordic countries are getting a bit in the old uh, uh, cooler side. So I thought, let's go back to the Viking roots. No, I just got to be changed. Uh, but other than that, that's the most exciting thing that's happened. I've been working, annoyed at the fact there's still no F one. It's coming. It's coming. I this know. Weekend. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's it. You know. Lovely. For some reason, a few things fired out today. It was very quiet over the weekend, and then everything happened today. We've had yeah. two or three or four things firing quite close together. So so we will talk about those during the pod. We've also got Emma alongside us today. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Good. Been up to anything exciting? Not really. <laughs> Has anyone done anything exciting? Steph, we've also got Steph alongside us today. Steph, have you, uh, Hi. you, you told me about something, well, you told us all actually, just before we started the pod. What have you been up to this week? Nothing much. I've been going around and looking at cars, so new project car inbound, which will be nice. But yeah, nothing oh, else pretty much. Just work. Got to fund it somehow, you know. You do, you do. <laughs> We've also got a very special guest with us today. He's one of the Red Bull Junior drivers, Jack Crawford. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming along to speak to us today. What's your week look like? Have you have you have you been busy? You've been. You said uh, before we came on the pod that you'd come back from America recently. Yeah, I just came back from the US after Monza when our season ended and we're just spending some time at home and then just got back to to the UK to start already, you know, preparing for for next season. So Excellent. Well, for any fans that might not know who you are and might need a little bit more information, could you kind of give us a, a minute kind of overview of who you are, what you do? Yes. Yeah, so my name is at Crawford, I'm, I just previously drove in F3 and, and I'm part of the Red Bull Junior team. And and yeah, basically, I'm a, I'm a racing driver. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty successful. You've had a good win this year? Yeah, yeah, one win this year. I, I wish it could have been a, a few more. It possibly could have been, but <laughs> but yeah, still, you know, a win and, and lots of podiums this year, so. Good, yeah. So it's a, it's a good year, and we'll, we'll hopefully speak about that towards the end of the, well, after we've spoken about the Singapore Grand Prix that's coming up at this weekend. So I'm looking forward to speaking to you all about your what you've done so far in your career. But before we do head on, we are Everything F1. You'll find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're also on our, on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you're listening to us on our podcast. We'd love you to hit the subscribe button or the bell. Make sure you get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Now, we are going to Singapore this weekend, which hasn't been on the calendar for a little while. So it'd be very nice to, to head back there. It's actually one of my favourite tracks to look at. Um, it might not always produce the, the best racing. It has produced some good racing, some classics, but it's certainly just an entertaining one for me. Jack, you are you a fan of Singapore? Would you like to go and race there yourself? Yeah, I am a, a fan of Singapore. It, it looks amazing to drive and they always do the night race there, which is super cool under under the lights and you know one thing i've heard is that it's always very hot so you know that's one thing they'll have to you know contend with but yeah i've never been to singapore before as a country and you know would really like to to go and especially race there so yeah it's a warm track uh, of course but this week there's threats of thunderstorms around race time and qualifying time so that could throw a curveball into the mix couldn't it coops oh yeah if you ever want to change a kind of destiny of a race you're flinging a bit of water and a bit of moisture uh, and then if you fling that in on a night race in a street circuit you know but we, we should have a few interesting moments and i think there's at least two or three drivers that have never raced in singapore yeah uh, because we haven't been there the last couple of years you know joe i don't know if you, you ha- uh, joe hasn't been there i don't think i don't think latifi's done any race in there i might be wrong about latifi uh you know, because I don't think he didn't get the race drive to 2020 and we haven't been there since 2019. So, mm. you know, there's, you know, that can prove interesting if you haven't been there and it's wet and damp and it's, it's, it's a kind of Jack just uh, touched on and yourself touched on. It's, it's, uh, it's hot. So it's, it's physical. It should hopefully be there. But yeah, no, no luck. We're looking forward to a bit of moisture to throw up some interesting results and then it'll be dry the whole weekend. Emma, are you a fan of Singapore? Yeah, I am. I think it's more about the atmosphere, like similar to Monaco, outside of the racetrack as well, because Singapore mm. is obviously such an amazing place. But it's, it is a good track. It's interesting because it's obviously one of the most difficult tracks. They've got 23 turns and three DRS zones, and it's it's quite difficult to overtake on. And I think maybe it's going to be more about the difficulty of driving the car around than it is about overtaking and stuff like that this weekend. Mm. And it's thrown up some classics we've enjoyed, you know, over the years, uh, seeing who can kind of dominate there. Lewis Hamilton's had a few wins, was in Singapore himself. Uh, Steph, uh, are you a fan of Singapore? No, my partner's going to kill me for saying it, but I'm not. Oh, OK. I like we, the city. we won't tell him, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's his favourite track on the calendar, and I'm not a fan simply because of the fact that it is such a difficult place to overtake on and... And yes, it tests the driver's abilities, but I just think sometimes it can make for a boring race. You know, mm. it all just depends on qualifying. But yeah, it's st- it was it's literally frozen in time, frozen in 2019. So Seb's still racing at Ferrari, and this and the other. It'll be a little bit weird for mm. for it to be on the on the calendar this year and to actually see 
see it happen, which would be nice. But but yeah, it's not my favourite. Personally, wouldn't like to be to be there. A bit warm, <laughs> but anyway. Oh, it's good to have different opinions. To me, I think you've got the wrong one. <laughs> it's the Singapore Grand Prix in Marina Bay. The length of the track is 5.063 kilometres with a total race distance of 308.706 kilometres. We're going to get 61 laps there. The current lap record is actually held by Kevin Magnuson, who did it in 2018 at 1 minute 41.905 seconds. I can't imagine we're going to get a broken lap record this year, so Kevin Magnuson may still hold it, unless Kevin Magnuson decides to throw in another fastest lap, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. But we've been racing there since 2008, and it was the first ever night race, which was uh, you know a new thing back in 2008. Seems like we, every other race is a night race nowadays, or certainly will be next year. And the tyre compounds are the C3, C4, C5. So they've gone kind of mid-range there, haven't they? Pretty, st- pretty standard uh, for Singapore. But yeah, let, let's, let's talk about who we expect to do well. We'll go back to Jack. Who are you expecting to do well? Are, are you kind of contracted to say your <laughs> your, your team? <laughs> yeah, I think it's the the easy thing to say that that Max will be, you know, of course, fast. And yeah, I I would expect you know the Ferraris to be quick as well because you know from previous previous rounds they've been good with with curb riding, and I think there's a lot of that at 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 Singapore, so they could be good. But you know, Max and and Rebels on the you know, seriously good form right now. I think, I don't know how many wins in a row now, but it seems like he's won the last 10 races, it feels like. But so, yeah, I wouldn't count against Max, I think. No, he's having a very, very good year. He's obviously got the best car now. Maybe it didn't start the year as the best car, but it certainly evolved into that. And yeah, he's just become untouchable this year, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Really has. Are you expecting anyone outside of the the two teams mentioned by Jack there to, to kind of turn up and and perform really well this weekend? Uh, Mercedes, uh, if they can handle the bumps, I think Total Will came out and said that Singapore was the one race that, in all their data and simulation work, was the one where the car seemed to work well at. Right. So yeah, I think we're coming to the point now where this is probably the best chance for Hamilton to keep these record of winning in every year he's in Formula One up and running. Apparently he's come out and said that means nothing to him. I think that means more to the fans than him. Uh, but you would say that when you were just about to lose it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you when he wins it, 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 we're like, oh, I'm so pleased that I've retained uh, my unbeaten record. Uh, well, I don't really care about it anyway. So, you know, it's that kind of attitude. So, <laughs> so maybe, but I'm looking forward to the Mercedes guys, to be honest. I can't see past that, Max, to be fair. He's two, he's two race wins away from equaling the most wins in a season. Which is easier with more races, let's let's be honest. It's easier with more races. I was just about to say that if he does it in the next couple of races, he will equal Sen Schumacher, because Schumacher done 13 over 18 races, and he'll right. do the same if he gets it within the next couple. So right. he, he'll actually equal it within the same amount of races. Uh, mm. I mean, he's going to beat it, because that's what five or six to go he only needs two more to equal it and that car is just you know I don't know what it's it's the Adrian Newey factor I think for me he's just, they've just got everything working the right way Max is a reigning champion first of a championship you wouldn't know <laughs> you know he just doesn't he just gets on with it very chilled very ah, fine. I, I think Mercedes will do well but I can't see past Max to win it Emma Max can he's got an outside shot of winning the championship in Singapore, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not very likely because there are, you know, factors that do need to fall into place for him, but it is possible. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, if Leclerc has a DNF, he's sort of completely fucked it, basically. Can I just say, while we're talking about it, that Seb actually has the most wins here. So I'm not saying that, obviously, he has a chance because his car is literally a tractor. But it will be interesting to see how well he does there because he has the most wins. He does. He'll bet it in the first corner just because we're talking about it. That's what happened. <laughs> well, Max can win it this, this weekend, though. He needs to win the race and Leclerc needs to be lower than eighth and Sergio Perez has to be lower than eighth or sixth, I think, something like that. So it's I think what it is is if Max wins, it's the fastest lap, then Leclerc has to come eighth. If Leclerc finishes ninth or lower, Max can win it without the fastest lap. So that's literally what we're looking for. As long as Leclerc is above eighth and if the final standings, then it'll go to the next round. To be honest, I want Max to win it in Singapore so we can just stop talking about it because it's <laughs> been happening since like the fifth race of the season. So we can just move on and talk about <laughs> something else because it's it's ha- it's going to happen. So you you putting your money on Max winning it this this weekend? Yes. Then he will equal uh, Schumacher's record as well, winning it the earliest. But that must have been the year that Schumacher won it at France or something. Like mm. it was like nine races into the season or something. <laughs> I don't think anybody else turned up that year. <laughs> <laughs> certainly doesn't feel that way. <laughs> Steph, would you would you put money on Max winning it this weekend? I know you're a you're a Max fan. Yeah, of course. So he's just on form. I mean, apart from his party in antics this week that we've all has seen. He, has he been out in the lash? Has he? Yeah. With Lando. Oh, oh, that was fun. Oh. It must be the air of the dog. It must be. That's what it is. I mean, I can't say that I perform better after a hangover, but who knows? Might be his trick. But I, I'm definitely putting money on him to to win. And Leclerc coming eighth or ninth, I'm not gonna put it past Ferrari. I mean, we've seen we've seen worse, and you know, the strategy at the moment's just absolutely shocking. And talking about Schumacher and the sort of golden days of that era and and his sort of titles and his records and things that he's got with that team, it seems like a complete different world. Like it's from mm-hmm. a complete different like planet, honestly. Like the the two Ferrari teams back then and now are complete planets apart. I just don't I don't understand what's gone wrong, what's happened, why they're getting the strategy so wrong. I just don't get it. I don't think Ferrari know. I think that's the problem. <laughs> I think I could do I could do better writing it on the on the back of a a tea packet or something. Do you know what I mean? Like just can't get over it. When Bonotto comes out of the after Hungarian Grand Prix and went, there's nothing wrong with the strategy team. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Okay, Paul. That's the issue then. Clearly, that is the issue. He is Bonotto. We need we need to get rid of Bonotto, bring in someone, you know, a bit don't get me wrong, I like Bonotto as a person. And he's obviously a a solid Ferrari engine designer, or he I know he's part of the engine team. So that's he's solid at his job there, but I don't know that he's got the forcefulness needed to kind do of you not think the they need to change the strategist instead get hannah smith on there she will not move from red bill i think <laughs> i think sometimes it's you can have great chefs in the kitchen but if you don't have a leader to sort of lead them and direct them into what where you want them to go then it's not going to happen mm. so i i think it's a a mixture of the strategists you know not obviously seeing clearly and management and like leadership sort of just not going and not listening to people maybe that's what it is maybe they're too proud to mm. listen to them and they're that's what maybe set, what it is set in their ferrari ways aren't they that's, mm, yeah that's always been the case with ferrari mm. let's talk about the competition for 
second place in the championship. That's probably where the interesting part is. You've got Charles Leclerc, which is only 16 points ahead of George Russell. And who's it? Uh, Sergio Perez is in the middle of them somewhere as well. That's that's going to be the kind of competition that I'm going to look out for the for the season. Do you think it's possible that George Russell will, will take over and get that second place? Yeah, I think he's performing very well at the moment. I mean, it's surprising when you told me it was that close to you know, Perez and, and Leclerc, because it seems like, you know, he hasn't been fighting for the wins, but he's been so consistent across the season. And I think mm. that's what sort of put him in there. And I think, you know, he definitely deserves it. If, if it ends that way, I, I just think at the moment, Mercedes don't quite have enough to really catch up. So maybe they'll need a bit more shenanigans from the Ferrari team. Yeah, a bit more shenanigans and, and maybe some good luck. And, and Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely possible, yeah. Well, let's talk about McLaren and their chances. We'll go to Coops. First of all, McLaren today have dropped a special livery that they're going to be running for the weekend and for Japan as well, haven't they? So it's a yes. it's it's a mixture of what they had already and then some added pink and extra black, isn't it? They've got neon pink, uh, which is all to do with... No, it's Onyx, I think they're called, a crypto company. Mm. So it's a kind of pink... And then in between the pink and the papaya, it's like an artist impression of the internals of the car. Right. If you look closely at it, and then they've got a wee bit of that on the top of the, the roll hoop as well. They've changed the Ford to match in with the Onyx kind of branding. Uh, I mean, it'll look good under the lights. But it won't make them go faster, will it? Well, no. Well, <laughs> I mean, Daniel Ricciardo needs all the help he can get, to be fair. <laughs> they should scrape Maybe, the paint off his car, make it well, as light as you know, possible. It'll make it, it'll make it go faster as he drives out the back of the garage as he's leaving, I suppose. But yeah. aye, the car, the car's suffered from its early season troubles where they had the issues with the brake cooler and stuff, and had to had to run it slightly higher and issues with the downforce. But you know, Norris is very dependable in that team, so if they're going to get points, Norris will be up there somewhere. And Daniel is, as we all know, is kind of fighting at the minute for his Formula One career. Mm. Obviously, we all know again, not with McLaren, but if there's rain, potentially he could get himself up there, keep himself up running about the kind of points. Podium? No, not for any of them. Okay, okay. Emma, Alpha Tauri, the young Red Bull team. What, what do you think chances are for Sunoda and Gasly this weekend? I'm going to say that Yuki finishes higher than Gasly. That's my prediction. Because confirmed again at the team. So he's yeah. going to be definitely driving for them next year. So might make. That might give him the confidence to go out there and perform well. You're, you yeah, I mean, he's probably known about it for a while. Yeah, but, sure. But yeah, I think Yuki's doing really well this year. He's really improving. It's just a shame it's not really the same for Gasly. He was obviously doing really well last year and he's just dropped off. But we'll see if he can sort that out for the rest of the season. But honestly, when you said their names then, I was like, I actually can't think of anything to do with them <laughs> because they've just, they both of them have just kind of faded into the background. Sometimes they're getting points, sometimes they're not. But I can't seem to think that they've had any like reliability problems or anything like that with the car. I just think they're solid midfield. The car's been a pretty big disappointment this year, to be honest. Yeah, it's not. It's not you know champion. It's just not work. It's yeah. not. It's not race winning car, is it really? No. Just haven't got a handle on the design as much as some of the other teams. Steph, let's talk about Alpine and Fernando Alonso. He's got history at Singapore maybe not always the, the, the best history at he was Singapore. not involved in that it was nothing to do with him honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're, we're, I'm sure you <laughs> know what we're talking about here the controversy from 2008 was it it was the first yeah, race of the ever yeah. yeah I mean I was seven in 2008 
was going to say, so, make um, me feel old, why don't you? Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be looking for grey hairs in the mirror tonight. But yeah, no, so I, I like the team. I think they're coming on leaps and bounds. I think I said a few weeks ago that they're starting to sort of get somewhere and really bringing it to you know midfield. And I would say personally that they're outperforming McLaren this season. Mm. I mean, that might be apparent to some, others might not be, but I, I really like the team. And two French drivers next year, so I, I definitely feel like that's going to be... They haven't confirmed Gasly well, they just haven't. yet. Oh, no, not, not yet. Oh, no, 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 no. There is the speculation. There is the, that is the speculation that Gasly will Why move Why did I think that they had? Well, anyway, in my mind, they have. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they should. It's likely. Yeah, it's who likely. am I? So, yeah. But but I think they would do well. And But Alpha Terry, I don't know who they're going to replace Gasly with. Not too sure what that, what that situation is. But, um, Nick, Nick, please. Jack Crawford. <laughs> That'd be very nice, wouldn't it? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Skip the F2 season and just jump in straight one. Yes, please. Well, let's talk about any other teams that we've got left over that we might think do well. Let's talk about Williams first because there's a question mark over Albon and whether he's going to be healthy and fit. They, sh- they shouldn't put him anywhere near that. I mean, even the humidity is going to cause issues physically. And I mean, mm. just imagine if he train. crashes. Mm. Oh, yeah. How would they feel? I know, imagine. I mean, poor Popping guy. those stitches out and rattling. Uh, I, mean, I mean, even oh. even the idea of coming back from appendicitis, but then to have respiratory failure and being in intensive care, like, mm. that, no, like, can it, mate? Go to sleep, chill, take it easy, you know, like... Cool. We might we mm. might see Nick DeVries again stepping in. That'd be nice again to see if he was if he can kind of double down on his success from the previous race. I think for Nick they've signed the contract with Alpha Tauri before the race, just in case he has a really bad race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're only as good as your last race. Yeah. But interestingly, before we move on, one thing that I did notice was when they when they announced Sonoda, they didn't mention Gasly. Normally, like you look, but at he the is album, already the officially confirmed. He is already yeah, but, officially confirmed. It's not about a confirming. What I'm saying is, if you look at Joe, they talked about the partnership we bought us and moving forward together and stuff. They just went, so no, this team didn't mention him. Didn't mm. talk about future and pro and you know and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was just an interesting wee thing. But I thought I think. Someone might yeah, have some really. inside information. Someone from the Young Red Bull Drivers Programme. Uh, <laughs> any, no, any they, 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 don't the they don't tell me anything. They don't tell me anything. You're not privy to any any special information? No, no, no. Damn it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I could ask and, and you know, and then you'll find be, out. But... You'll probably be held to some kind of privacy document as well. And you yeah, get I might get, yeah, I might get kicked off if I say anything. <laughs> if I knew. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we won't put you on the spot then. That's fine. It's, it's nice to joke about it. But any other teams that has? Can we can we just say before we move on from Williams that we haven't mentioned Latifi? Oh yeah, no. Oh, is he still there? Sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes I forget about him. <laughs> the, yeah, the news this week was that he's not continuing with them next year. Who saw that coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, I mean, yeah. we all called that on the podcast previously. It's it's a shame that he just didn't have what it takes for F1, I think. But a nice guy, and it's a shame that he's going, but it's probably right for, for Williams to, to to move on and, and get somebody else in that seat. I think I think it was, there was a very slim chance when the Piastri thing fell through, but then when, when Williams saw what Nick DeFries did at the last race and thought, we really can't, <laughs> we can't have him anymore. Mm. I st- I, personally, I think he was, I think he's been quite badly affected with the fallout from Abu Dhabi. 
Maybe. I think he got a lot of hassle and a lot. I think there was death threats involved with him and his partner online. He had to log out of uh, of Twitter and all the social media stuff because the you know the the heat they got from the so called Hamilton fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we we say so called because they're not the they're not they're not, not official. No. They're not those kind of things and cool. do that. You know, you can't like he was in a battle with. Mick Schumacher got into the marbles and lost it. It's a simple race. Jack could probably confirm. An easy thing to do when you're racing, you know, to make those kind of mistakes. It was never any kind of setup or anything. To be honest, because the drop-off was quite bad. I don't think he's a particularly bad driver. Uh, and it just it just didn't seem to work for him. It's either that or he just wasn't able to get to grips with the new regulations of the cars. I don't want to dwell on that too much at the moment, Coop, so because we have spoken about it before. It's a shame to see him go. But we'll, we'll we'll leave yeah. it at that. It was it was probably highly likely. And we've spoken about Abu Dhabi millions of times. We don't need to go back there. Everybody's heard about it. We're it's all tired. A, We're all tired of Abu Dhabi now. It's been a few podcasts since it's been mentioned, and I thought it was just <laughs> well, needed to be dropped. I might I might put a ban on it actually uh, for the rest oh, of the okay. year. No no more Abu Dhabi talk uh, until we get to Abu Dhabi. Which well, let's let's make our predictions for the weekend then. For Singapore. I've got, I just want a top three. We'll go. We'll put Steph on the spot first. Ladies first. Steph. Thank one, you. One two three. Max Hamilton George. Oh, Emma. Mm. I'm gonna go Lewis, Ooh. Max, um, and Checo. Coops. So oh, it's Max, Perez, and Saints. Jack. I'll go Verstappen, Leclerc, and then Perez. Okay, sticking with the Red Bull team there. I'm gonna say, do you know what? I'm gonna back him. I've got to back him because I need. I need him to get that win for the season. So I'm going to say <laughs> Lewis is going to get a win. I'm going to say Max will be, be second. And let's throw a DNF in Ferrari's direction. Declare Leclerc as a DNF. So I'm going to put somewhere someone else. I'll say Carlos Sainz in third. There you go. Right. Well, that's our Singapore preview. Let's hope some of those do come to fruition because it'll mean for an exciting race. And let's talk about just the last couple of news articles that did drop today, which probably... Most people were expecting anyway, but Zhou Guanyu was confirmed at Alfa Romeo slash Sauber. Jack, are you surprised to see Zhou Guanyu get confirmed today, or was it always on the cards for you? No, I thought he was going to get resigned. I mean, he's done a he's done a good job. I think, especially, I think he surprised a lot of people, and and you know, I think there isn't really any other options for him to go or mm. where he can go. So I think you know, for now, the best thing. He has a good teammate where he can learn from, and I think he's, you know, in a good spot for now. Yeah, performed well as Niema. You know, he's, he's done done what he needs to do. He's competed well against Bottas, his teammate, which is always a good, good test for a rookie coming in with someone so experienced. So, yeah, there was no reason for Alpha to choose anyone else. Yeah, I think he's done great this year. I mean, he's had five DNFs, so he's not. That's the car's fault most of the time, not his. Mm. And he had that horrible crash. I mean, that was awful for him. But he's come back, and he's he got points in the last race and his yep. first ever Formula One race. So I think he's had an impressive season so far, and I'm not surprised at all. Good. Another news article from today was the fact that they've confirmed six sprint races for next year. Now there will be some fans of that, and some people kind of really against that i'm going to go straight to coops who looks very disappointed in the fact that we're going to get six sprint races so give us your take on the confirmation today of the six sprint races coming next year it doesn't do anything you know the first couple of laps yeah there's a bit of excitement then they race around for 100 kilometers and that's it you know it's 
<laughs> it's not done what I think they want to do. It's, it it's, I think what... it depends on the track as well. I, I think it worked. I think it worked Silverstone, but maybe that was when it was the the first year of sprint races. Well, you know, let's not give it back to Silverstone because the way they've tried to snatch money off fans this year, imagine having a sprint race next year. <laughs> they've already charged prices that they're charging now, so actually throwing in an extra race might be some, something to kind of make the fans smile. They'll just up it by another four hundred pound. You'll have to stay in a queue for six months to get a ticket of this race. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm still a wee bit on. I'm, I'm on the fence, airing to the side of I can't be bothered with them. I can't be bothered with like Friday, like. The whole weekend gets thrown because it's like, you know, the, the practice session and qualifying them, it's Friday. <laughs> no, this is weird. Uh, you don't like change, do you, Coops? You're a traditionalist. No, I'm a traditionalist. Well, come on. Like, in 2008, I was 26. I'm an old man. I was 24. So, you know, we're, we're, we're the oldies here. We're the oldies yeah, I was here. watching Formula One since 1992. So, <laughs> it's just, I don't like it. I did write a wee piece for the website about it and what I found when I was doing some stuff was, it was agreed in April with the FIA and the Formula One teams, but the FIA decided to hold their review to see how much extra workload it would put pressure on their staff. Mm. That's a bit ironic considering the 24 race schedule that they've got for next year. You know, did they put yeah. out a wee review of all the people that are working in Formula One about where they're jumping all over the place and all over the world and stuff? But you know, Let's just worry about the FIEs next stuff. You know, apples and oranges. I think it's a money thing, to be fair. I think it's all about money. But then, you know, we'll get Las Vegas and Miami to add to that. Yeah, but it's a good thing for the circuits. The circuits all wanted to have the sprint race. They're always all up for it because that gives them more chance for revenue opportunities, I guess. You know, it makes it more of an event on the Saturday, more of an event on the Friday. Every day, basically, we'll have something exciting and competitive for people to watch Formula One-wise. So it, it, it makes monetary sense for, for the circuits. So I wonder which six tracks it's going to be. Do we, do we know yet? Is that, no, is that I just agreed that it's going to be six. That will be something that they're probably working out the promoters at the minute uh, I would imagine you're probably going to look at some of the tracks that haven't already had it mm. maybe with one or two added in that had a good one you know I think I think there's certain tracks that would probably look would be decent at it you know I think Interlagos would be good but then mm. it's an old school track and I like that track so I can mm. quite happily watch a couple of races over a weekend Let's go uh, to Steph. Steph, what do you think about the this confirmation of the six sprint races? I, I like it. I think it adds a little bit of extra something, do you know what I mean? A little bit of it's not just the same thing every weekend, week in, mm. week out. But I did say that that was it was my first thing that I said, you know, wow, how much pressure are the drivers going to be under? And I understand that they, they don't work the entire year, but mm. it's a lot of pressure to be under and, you know, the staff and, you know, it is very physical and, you know, I just don't know if they're going to be able to handle like, you know, six, obviously they will be, they're athletes, but you know, mm. it's, that's not the point. It's, it's very demanding. And obviously, again, I agree with Coops. It is all about money always has been. And it's a very money orientated sport. Motorsport is very expensive, but who knows? It could be quite exciting. I hope that they, they do Silverstone again as a sprint race. I really mm. enjoyed that one, you know, and, and other places like Monza maybe, but yeah, I don't think places like, Singapore or maybe Monaco, for instance, that'd be a bit, a bit horrific, wouldn't it? I'm quite disappointed that it's still on the calendar, to be honest with you. I know it's it's one of those, you know, very 
The jewel um, in the crown. Yeah, but why is it still there? Well, I was like, you uh, send them around in go karts. There will be more action than what <laughs> yeah. there what there is in in the current cars that they go around in. Well, let's go to Jack. Jack, what do you think about sprint races in Formula One? Are you a fan? Not a fan? Obviously, sprint races are a thing in F3 and F2. So are you happy to see six next year in F1? I don't know if I'm a fan or not, to be honest. I mean, this year it's been a bit boring because there's no strategy involved. I mean, you know, every now and then you have that one person on the on the softer compound that's fighting. Mm. But a lot of the sprints this year have just been, you know, quite dull, to be honest. I mean, if you look at it one way, you're basically just doing 20 laps, you know, on a different day. I mean, in another way. So, I mean, it's at the end of the day, I think, you know, it's a good, it's a good idea, but you know, I just, maybe I would like to see some, you know, that revolves maybe a bit more strategy or, or something. So, Mm. Yeah, it needs a bit more refining before it gets, it's the finished article, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because at the moment, there's not enough. I mean, they basically start and, and go, there's no pit stop. You know, majority of people are starting on the same tire, so it's not really any, you know, any difference in, in compounds. So, you know, that's that's what, you know, holds me back at the moment. Well, I'm all for them. I don't know. That's going to sound strange for an old for an old school person. I quite like I, I quite like it when it serves a good race. I didn't like the ones that are more processional. So I really do think they need to think about the, the, how the many, how they many of them were processional. Then there was there was a couple of uh, that were processional. No, no, no. Oh, you, you can't can't call the uh, the first year they did it. They did it in Silverstone, and mm-hmm. the Italian one was good as well. It was at, at was it Monza or Imola? I can't remember now which one it was. Well, it was the one where the McLarens won. I think was it? Not? Yeah. Was it Monza? Yeah. Monza. Uh, maybe. Yeah. They were good races. So I think it just really does depend on the track and depends what, you know, they do with it. I just like the fact that, that you know, you get three days of interesting, actual competitive things going on in the track. I just hope they refine it to make it a bit better. How would you fix it? Well, I'd, I'd do a qualifying for the sprint and then a qualifying for the race separately. So I have two qualifying sessions. But What would be the point of the sprint race then? Just as a sprint race rather than as a sprint qualifying. <laughs> right, I wouldn't call, just call it the sprint. I'd call it the sprint race. Oh, I'm not allowed to call it a sprint race. Yeah, well, you, that's, yeah, that, that's where I'd change that. it. That's I'd change it, it and I'd call it a sprint race because it's a bloody race. But yeah, okay. Anyway, I think that's the news from today and from the week. I don't think there's any other articles that we really need to go into much detail. So we've got our special guest here, Jack Crawford, and we're going to chat to him about his career. First things first, Jack, what got you into racing? Yeah, I, I got into racing really young. You know, I was... I think four or five years old when I, you know, you know, started getting into racing and, you know, ever growing up, I just really loved cars. And and my dad was, was super helpful and bought me, you know, a go-kart just because I loved it. I mean, he didn't think it would turn into any of this, but, you know, start out as, as just a hobby. And then, and then, you know, you know, fell in love with it. So. And you're from, is it Charlotte in America? Is that that right? Big, Big NASCAR town. I was born in NASCAR town in Charlotte, and now now I live in in Houston, Texas. So, so was was NASCAR ever the ever the goal, or or, or did you always have your sights set at maybe a little higher, a bit more elitist over in Formula One? Yeah, when when it started to become a bit more serious for me when I was you know nine or ten, that was what I wanted to do was be a NASCAR driver, and honestly, it wasn't 
really until, you know, I think 2017, 2018, where I started even getting interested in, in F1 because honestly, you could not find F1 on TV in America anywhere until, you know, it started to grow a bit more. So I think, you know, that's when I really, really found interest. And I actually did oval racing up until 2019. So Oh, wow. Yeah. A completely different experience doing oval then. What, what's, what's it like? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I didn't do much ovals. I, I mean, I still did mainly karting up until then, but I did a few ovals and I mean, they, it was, I mean, it's more difficult than people think. I think, I mean, you're, you are only turning left, so it gets a bit, a bit boring, but it is, it is difficult to be fast. Oh, it's definitely a skill to it. That you've got to have balls to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's a scary, scary thing to kind of put yourself into. Yeah. You, how was your karting then? You had, you had some great successes with karting, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do much karting in Europe. Most of my karting was, was done in the US. I, yeah. I had, you know, good success when I was younger and, and sort of when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14 or 12, 13 really was when I had some really good results. I won the Super Nationals in Las Vegas, which is one of the biggest car races in the world besides you know the world championship so that was that was good I won that in junior category so you know pretty pretty high up and and yeah you know I I eventually get I eventually got too big for karting size wise I was a bit too tall I I came over in Europe in in 2018 to do a season in karting and and yeah, just didn't go well I was I was a bit too tall and yeah just was not that not that fast then so then you moved up into single-assist cars, and how did you find that transition? Yeah, I, I found the transition quite quite easy, to be honest. I actually got into single-seaters when I was quite young. I think, you know, my first experience is I was 13 years old in an F4 car. So, so yeah, I got into it quite early. And and to be honest, I don't remember much about my, my first year was, you know, I don't think, you know, I was driving in, in Mexico, so I... I don't think I learned too much. It was really when I came over to Europe when when I really started to learn a lot. I feel like I always ask this, but I do think it's an interesting question. In terms of like traveling a lot and stuff like that, did that have a big effect on like your personal life, your school life? Like, because you're traveling so much from such a young age? Yeah, yeah. It had a big effect on, on my life. I mean, early on, already when I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old, I, I already had gone into private school so I could miss school days. And then eventually when it got, you know, really serious and I started to get into cars, I, I basically just did homeschool and, and luckily I was able to, to graduate from school earlier this year. So that's all, all sorted. Mm -hmm. But yeah, otherwise, you know, the travel is difficult, especially being from, from the U S I, you know, for, for years I was traveling, you know, quite a long ways and then, you know, staying in, in hotels for a while. At least now I have an apartment in, in the UK. So that's quite nice, but you know, it's still, it's still, you know, difficult for my family to come see me because, you know, they have to, they have work and they have to go on these long flights. And, and so luckily I'm still able to go home when I, when I have big gaps, but yeah, it is difficult. Do you get jet lag? To be honest, I don't get jet lag that much. I mean, I'm I I'm just I feel like I'm so used to it. It's it's I I don't know. It's just I don't get jet lag very much. Maybe 
you know, everyone says because I'm young. So <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. Are you living in Milton Keynes near the Red Bull factory? Is that where yeah, you, yeah, you place yourself? Yeah, I live yourself? In, in Milton Keynes, just about 10 minutes away from the factory. So Nice. Do you, you, don't, do you drive over here? Yeah, yeah. I have my so how, how are you finding the many, many, many roundabouts in that place? <laughs> to be honest, I love the roundabouts. I mean, as, as a racing driver, when, when the roundabouts are empty, roundabouts are the most fun thing to go around. Nice. <laughs> Getting annoyed coming off the roundabout because you didn't quite hit that apex. Yeah, just go back around again. <laughs> didn't want to scratch my wheels. <laughs> have they provided a car for you then, Red Bull? Have you got a nice car? No, they haven't provided a car, but we just bought one ourselves. I have I have a BMW 2 Series. So, I wish I was blue. driving a BMW 2 Series when I was 17. I, <laughs> that's, unfortunately, that's yeah, I, I was I not within my budget. Lucky, to be honest. So. <laughs> do you use your happened. indicators? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> Especially on the many, many roundabouts. <laughs> I do. I, I try to. Yeah. Good, good. A responsible BMW. I, I'd say I'm quite a quite a good driver. I mean, I can be aggressive at times, but like <laughs> I'm pretty safe, I think. <laughs> do you call them indicators or do you call them blinkers or something in America? Yeah, blinkers, indicators. I mean, I I'm used to all the English slang at this point. So Good. Let's get back on your onto your career because I think we've kind of diverted down a, a funny <laughs> a funny road actually. But that's fine. It's 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 quite entertaining talk. But you started with the high tech GP, was it in an F three, and then you moved to Prima? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, and was what was the reason behind that? Were you kind of scouted by Prima, or was it Red Bull that kind of pushed you to Prima, or what, how did that all happen? Well, so the the twenty twenty one season then wasn't great for me and and you know red bull came to me and and you know said that that prema would would take me so you know that was sort of how it went i mean i i i didn't have any say in and where i go but you know i you know i trust i trust them a lot so you know to put me in the right place and how are you finding the relationship with prema are you getting along with them yeah yeah very well it's very family orientated you know we we're very you know friendly with each other and you know spent a lot of time with with these guys over the year and you know i think it, it was it was really good so do you think that in the u.s i know you've only done a wee bit in the u.s do you think that the u.s is enough opportunities for young drivers to succeed within motorsport you know there's a lot of series in a lot of different types of racing do you think that they've got a good infrastructure to allow the young drivers to move through yeah yeah i think they do i mean I wouldn't say there's a good road into F1 from the U.S., but, you know, IndyCar, they have a road to Indy, which is basically, you know, the same sort of steps as F4, F3, F2. And then, you know, other series like NASCAR, they they sort of have the same thing. And then, you know, they have the, the IMSA ladder as well, where they have all the, all the different types of cars. So I think, you know, racing in the U.S. is, is definitely popular, but you know indycar nascar imsa are the are the main things you know obviously now f1 is is coming more over to the u.s but it, there's no way into f1 you know driving you know in america so yeah and that does does need to change obviously that's the question's been asked recently obviously over the colton herter situation obviously uh, an indie winner he should have 
you know, more points for him. You know, if, if he was an F2 driver, he would have had more points and would have been able to have the super license points to join F1 uh, because IndyCar isn't ranked as high as F2, not a direct feeder series. So do you think that's definitely something that we, that, the FIA and the Formula One need to come together and, and kind of organize and create Indy as a good feeder series for Formula One. Yeah, I think it's it's more IndyCar actually. I think I don't I'm not sure about it, but I don't think IndyCar is a FIA sanctioned series. So it's not, mm. you know, run by FIA or anything. So I think that's the the main thing, IndyCar. So I think they're being a bit stubborn and being on their own and not, you know, allowing, you know, the FIA to to, you know handle the races or anything so i think you know that would that would definitely boost the the super license points in a big way as a red bull junior driver do you get the opportunity to meet the more senior drivers you know those with the team people like max checo then obviously going down through the series is, do you get to a chance to meet them speak to them ask them questions they sort of give you guidance on your performance and can you go to them and sort of ask them questions and to be like oh well i'm really struggling with this how would you sort of attack it and like sort of you know try and work on it i don't know if that's something that the teams would allow or yeah so i have met the drivers when when i was in miami for the grand prix but yeah, they don't, they don't give any advice. I think, you know, it would, I, I don't know. I don't, if I was a bit older, I, I don't think I would give advice to, to someone who, who could potentially be taking my seat. So yeah, that I have met them before. They're, they're both, you know, really nice people. And so, yeah. So how do the Red Bull team support you then throughout your, your career? Obviously, uh, pushing you to to, to Prema, thinking that's a, a better seat for you. So they continue with development with you sort of throughout the the year as well. Yeah, yeah. Being I'm in Milton Keynes, so um, really close to the factory. I'm able to use all the facilities they have: simulator, gym, you know, whatever it is. We also have you know people teaching us things about you know more in depth stuff like engineering, and we you know, get some, some social media training, stuff like that. So, you know, it's all, all very helpful. Coops, do you want to get a question again for Jack? If you will, if Formula One wasn't on the table, I'm not saying it, it's off the table, what other sports series would you look at Le Mans and maybe do some World Endurance Championship? Is there any other kind of racing that you would like to try as a, as a sideway from Formula One? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of the racing. I haven't really really thought about it you know i'd love to do you know 24-hour le mans or or something like that i'd like to do it you know i'd like to try out nascar that, that looks fun as well i'd like to try out indycar I'd like you know it all looks looks fun to me and you know maybe one day in in the future when i'm a bit older you know we can can see what happens but you know i'd like to try it at some point but your path at the moment is very set on the formula one and getting getting a seat there is that is that right yeah, yeah, that's the main and only goal. <laughs> I don't blame you. So let's talk about your performance this year. Then obviously you've had a you've had a win. Some of the great performances. Can you kind of tell us about it? How's it how's it felt? Yeah, I guess from my side, of, it wasn't the best season. I mean, it was was really close between. I think there were seven us between, you know, twenty five points. I think it was. It was so it was really really close, and it was a really tough season. I mean, I. I made a lot of mistakes from my part. You know, everyone made a lot of mistakes, which, you know, which was making it really close. But I think, you know, I was consistent, but I, 
I made mistakes in big moments, which I think cost me a lot of points. And, and, you know, there were high points of the year. I had double podium in Imola. I won in, in Red Bull ring. So, you know, there were no, you know, there weren't many negatives, but you know, there weren't, you know, many positive things as well. So. So what can we expect from you next year? Hopefully some, some more wins. Is that, that's the, that's the goal, I guess, to win the championship. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know yet. I can't say my plans for next year yet. Ah, <laughs> I can't get the scoop. But yeah, whatever I'm, I'm racing in, you know, um, definitely, I've definitely learned so much from, from this year, I think was, was the year I've, I think I can grow, grow from the most. I've, I've learned so much and, and, you know, I think the mistakes I've made, I, I can learn from and, and improve on them. So, so F2 Premier next year, winner. <laughs> I won't push you, but you know, you already know. I do know. Yes. You do know. Well, okay. F2. There's, <laughs> there's some, there's some rumors swelling around, but on a completely unrelated note, what would be your favorite F2 race to win? Mm, I would love to win at Monaco. I think, you know, if, if if I if I am to go there, you know. <laughs> social media training's coming in really high. <laughs> you know, if if I was to go there, I think Monaco would be the the best one. I think it's so so much history, and even though you know it's it can be a boring race, I think you know it's one of the most difficult tracks to drive, and you know I think it would you know be amazing to win around there. So. Good, 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 and in terms of racing anywhere in the world in any any kind of series if if you could kind of pick your dream formula dream formula dream team to, to race with where would you where would you like to go in fantasy world of this conversation i would really like to go to japan with suzuka one because i've never been to japan i want to go and that track looks amazing and super super nice to drive i'd also love to race in america well i've obviously raced in america but um, <laughs> you know i'd like to do a formula one race there as an american driver i think that would be you know super cool as well so well let's talk about americans and, and formula one actually because obviously we've had the whole colton herter thing that we have mentioned already but there's potential with williams for logan Sargent to move up into the team next year and having an American in sport would be fantastic. Would you welcome that with open arms? Yeah, yeah, no, obviously I would I would like to be a next one, but you know, they are older than me and, and already above me, so there's not much I can do about that. But yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, do everything I can for myself and, and you know, hope I'm the next one. So. you can be the next one to win Formula One. There we go. The next American <laughs> winner, yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a while, yeah. A bit too long. Was it an was it Andretti was the last seventies? I feel like if we have an American driver, obviously a modern American driver, I feel like it might give IndyCar the sort of push and maybe, you know, the FIA and all that sort of thing to sort of make IndyCar a feeder series, because I feel like that should be a, a thing. You know, mm. they really are just mini F1 cars in my opinion. And and like, you know, obviously a, a, quite a few F, F1 drivers obviously have retired from F1 and gone to IndyCar. I mean, Roman Grosjean, he's still there. But it would make sense for that to be a feeder series if they've got the ability. Mm-hmm. And if the teams are wanting to take that, um, that, that risk with them, then I think it would make sense. And obviously, if that happens, then there would be a lot more chance for 
American wanting to get into F1, a bit more of a smoother road to go down. But if it was a feeder series, wouldn't it be like going backwards for the Formula One drivers that have now gone to IndyCar? It would be feeder in name only, I would imagine, really, if you think Yeah. You know, I wonder uh, if Colton Herta would got the same light, that one done the same results in F2, he would have 68 super license points. He's only got 32 just now because that's how low it is. Mm. So right. it's, it's, it's more about, I think it's more about parity. You know, he's won, is it seven races in IndyCar, Colton Herta, and he still doesn't have enough points? He should have been in. He should have had enough. Yeah. But he has been up, up and down this year, so does does he deserve it off the back of his results this year? Hasn't been very well, consistent. The, the way the rules are, it's your best three from the last four years. Right. And I think Red Bull were trying to say, we'll bring in the fourth year where he, he, brought, he raced in Indy Lights, but it didn't work because there wasn't enough competitors, so they couldn't use that. And but, I mean, credit to Colton Herter, he came out and said no special treatment, because nope. they were going to send him to like regional Asia. And if he got third in a regional Asia F4 championship, he would have got enough points. It's a bit kind of sneaky. Yeah. Uh, so Colton Herter said himself, which, you know, it's it's credit to him. He went, no, 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 I'm going to do this off my, you know, off my own back sort of thing. But yeah, I think it does need something. I mean, maybe not mm. bring it up quite as high as F2, but you need to bring it closer. You know, Colton Herter's a multiple winner. He's done really well. He finished third in one of his years, I think I'm right, in Indy, in IndyCar. And it, looks as if Formula One don't care. It's a bit, it's not right. I feel like we've diverted though from Jack here. Yeah, <laughs> before we go jump on quickly, Mario Andretti is the last American to win in Formula One in 1978. And Phil Hill is the last American born winner who won the 1961 championship. So yeah, that's how far back we're going. Good. So, well, let's hope that we see Jack in the Formula One in the, the next few years. Maybe if he has a really successful season in F2 next year. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sure he will. <laughs> They're still trying. He's still wondering. He's trying to get the change. scoop. Trying to get the scoop. <laughs> what would you would you give any advice to anybody who wanted to get into motorsport, Jack? At this point in your career, obviously you're still quite young. Yes, you're 17 years old, so you've still got a lot to learn yourself. But you've got a lot of experience that you've had, gained over those years. Yeah, I'd say make sure you surround yourself with the right people, and and you know I think that's the main part. So good advice. Absolutely good advice. Any other questions for Jack before we we round up this podcast? Would you, if you had the chance to do it all again, would you make the same choices and the same decisions to lead you to where you are now? Yeah. You know, I'm not the type of person to to look back. I don't, you know, like to do that. So I'd say I'd do it all again. Yeah. Good. Good, good. Well, on that note, we can wrap up this podcast. Thank you very much for coming to speak to us, Jack. You've been really interesting, really good to talk to. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Would you like to promote anything while you're here, your own socials, so our fans can go and follow you on, on those platforms? Yeah, just Jack Crawford Racing on Instagram. That's all I, all I have. So. That's great. Fantastic. That's easy peasy. Easy to remember. <laughs> we are obviously Everything F1. You can find us on all our, all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're also on our show and shiny website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you are listening to us on this podcast right here, right now. We would love you to hit that subscribe button, hit the bell, and get all of the latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. And if you would like to give us a five-star review, we would absolutely appreciate that 100%. And we'll give you a name drop on a future episode. So all the stuff we just say is thank you very much to my team, Coops, Emma and Steph. Thanks, guys. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much again to our very special guest, Jack Crawford. Thanks. Thank you. I've been James Tiller. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. Come and see us next week or listen to us next week where we review the Singapore Grand Prix. That's all for me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.